What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. There is a new book out, and I love this title. It's called The Sad Truth About Happiness, except sad is spelled with two A's because it was written by Dr. Gad Sad, who is one of my favorite people in the world. If I could spend a weekend just doing fun stuff or exploring the world, it would be with Gad Sad. He is really super, super smart uh, and not the overeducated kind of smart. Uh, he understands people. He is a, a professor of marketing at the John Molson School of Business, where he held the research chair for evolutionary behavioral sciences, which means why do we do the things that we do and what how many thousands of years did it get us it did it take to get us to move a certain way consume a certain way etc etc uh brilliant man he has just put together a book it's not a self-help book it is uh it's more than that the sad truth about happiness eight secrets for leading the good life and he does lead it gad sad joins us in 60 seconds stand by Sponsor this half hour is Goldline. How's the old financial portfolio going, chum? I mean, have you been weathering the economic storm that has been the Biden administration? Well, of course, my stocks are up. Really? And and when they pay you out on those stocks, uh, what are they going to pay you in? Dollars. <laughs> really? Another four years of this. How's your portfolio going to look? The dollar is in real trouble. Please find shelter against insanity. This week, Goldline is offering the most popular special they've ever run before. And just like inflation and the U.S. debt uh, downgrades, the special is coming back. With every one ounce gold legal tender bar card acquired, this is like a credit card, but it's gold. It's solid gold made by the Canadian Mint. you got to love those Canadians. Uh, you're gonna with every card that you buy, you're gonna receive an exclusive two ounce silver maple flex bar, absolutely free. Best combination of precious metal assets to ever come on the market. You can get that yours now while they last. Eight six six gold line. Eight six six gold line. Or you can go to goldline.com. Speaking of Canadians, one that has a soul and uh, has a sense of humor and knows what's going on is uh, Gad Sad. Welcome, Gad. How are you? Hey, Glenn. So good to be with you. Gad, thank you yeah. for the introduction. And let me just say that in the opening chapter of my book, I have a quote from you. Uh, so you are even more famous than you already are because you take a central <laughs> role in the first chapter. What Really? What is What is the quote you used? Well, it was basically when I think we spoke last when you came, when you kindly came on my show and you said, you know, I was walking into the studio today and I don't know why I was happy, but I was just filled with happiness. And then I realized I was about to speak to God sad and that made me happy. I said, what a perfect quote for a happiness book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's true, Gad. I just love you uh, because you are a happy warrior um, and you are a warrior. I mean, you're fighting the, the good fight and you know what is is going on up in Canada. Boy, you guys are in real trouble, um, but you are happy and and whole. 
And when you when you look at this book, and I haven't read it yet, but you talk about several things that I want you just to highlight here. Sure. Um, how to live the life you want, not necessarily the life expected of you. And my father said to me when I was young, there are two words that are so important, especially because the third word is the empowering word. I am blank. You better fill that in or somebody else will fill that in for you. And that's who you'll become. Perfectly said. So look, imagine uh, your father is a pediatrician. And so he thinks that you should become a pediatrician because you come from a long lineup of pediatricians. But the reality is you are always interested in architecture and being an artist. Suddenly you wake up at 70 years old after a, a full successful career in medicine and realize you didn't live your authentic life. You lived the life that was expected of you from your parents, from your community. And that's a really terrible way to live life because these are the types of regrets that when you look back on your life are hard to change. So try as best that, as you can to know thyself so that hopefully you can make the right decisions. You know, I was talking to somebody um, a few months back and he said, Glenn, you've got to learn something new. You've got to spend an hour every day learning something new. And uh, I took that to heart and, you know, I just started painting about five years ago and I love it and I've become a pretty decent painter. Um, and as I was as I was painting, I was thinking about, you know, how great this is that I'm finally painting. I've wanted to paint my whole life. If, you know, if I had nothing but time, that's probably what I would do. Um, and I am living my authentic life. I, I know who I am. I love what I do, but I also have other things. And the other thing, as I was sitting there painting one day was, you know, I've always wanted to play the piano. So I bought a piano. And when I return home, I'm going to start taking lessons to learn the piano. It's not just not living the things that others tell you to do. It's also doing the thing. You might have a great job that you're pursuing. It's great. But don't sell yourself short and just say, oh, I only do this. Would you agree with that? Uh, oh, absolutely. I'll tell you an amazing story. So uh, this is in the uh, chapter on regret where I say that for many things, it's never too late to, to change course. So there was a gentleman who escaped around the start of uh, when the Nazis were coming in, moved to Montreal, became a businessman, but had decided that, uh, you know, he just couldn't go to school, to university, because, you know, life circumstances would not allow him to do that. In his 60s, when he retired, he said, you know what, I'm healthy, I'm, I'm, I have time on my hands, let me enroll in an undergraduate degree. Now he's in his 70s, he says, hey, I'm healthy, let me enroll and finish my master's. And then at the age of, I think, 91 or 92, love it, love it. he finally finished his PhD. So when students come into my office, Glenn, telling me, well, I feel too old. I'm 28 years old, professor. I don't <laughs> think I can go back and do my MBA. I tell them, sit down. Let me tell you a story. I, I tell you, it, 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 you, once you stop learning, I think you begin to die. Um, I've got two other things that I really want to talk to you about. And, and will you please come to town so we can sit down and, and do a 90-minute oh, uh, I would love to. talk Anytime. on this? Okay. Anytime, so um, you write in the book that your career needs to have a higher purpose than a paycheck, which I absolutely believe. The thing that gets me through every day is I know my life and my job have a purpose that is much bigger than success or fame or money or anything else um, and it's multiple levels of purpose 
But I think we have a whole society that is looking for purpose. Their purpose has become, you know, fame or fortune for so many people. How do you find your purpose? So I, in, in the chapter where I talk about how to find your optimal profession, I say that all other things equal, if you can find a profession that allows you to instantiate your creative impulse, you're well on your way to having purpose and meaning. Now, I define creative impulse very broadly. You can be a podcaster, you could be a chef, you could be an architect, you could be a professor or author. In other words, there are many, many ways by which I can immerse myself in the creative process. And that, by definition, is more likely to, you know, grant you purpose and meaning. So, well, you know, we, I, we need insurance adjusters, and I respect all honest jobs, but I'm willing to bet that the insurance adjuster doesn't wake up in the morning and say, thank God I'm an insurance adjuster. He has to find his purpose and meaning elsewhere. If you can find it in your job by being creative, boy, you won the lottery. Yeah, I, I will tell you, though, um, that um, all thought is creative. It's just whether you recognize it or not. And I was just talking to somebody who uh, was telling me a story. I'm trying to remember of a friend of his who he went over. I think he went over to his house and he was sitting there at the kitchen table and he was reading algebra books and he's an accountant or a CPA. And he was like, huh? Dig in the algebra book, huh? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I really I mean, numbers are so fascinating to me. I just I just like to read and reread this stuff. I mean, I don't get it. But some people do have that passion for things. Yeah, indeed. Uh, look, uh, when I was doing, speaking of algebra, so my undergraduate degree is in mathematics and computer science. And so, you know, I had a very technical quantitative training. And because, because I'm sort of a broad-minded person, I like to pursue many interests, I try to take all of my electives in fields that were as different as possible from mathematics. So to your point about, you know, starting to paint recently, uh, I took a ceramics course. I mean, mm. right? So imagine someone who is in mathematics, you know, the most technical, theoretical oh, yeah. sitting with a bunch of, you know, fine art students. But that's what's beautiful about life. You need to sample from the full buffet of what life offers you. The other thing that is, you talk about in the book that is uh, so important is choosing the right spouse. And... Uh, you know, you have to look for certain traits. And I mean, for me, the second time around, I, I got it. I was old enough to understand. I, I, I found a woman who saw me for the man I had hoped to be, which made me a better man and made me want to be a better man. And a woman who loved the eternal truths of God. And she was hot. Uh, so it, it, <laughs> I, I finally got it. But I don't know if people understand what the important traits are in the right person. So as a general maxim, I would say, look, in evolutionary psychology, there are two opposing maxims. There's the opposite yeah. attract adage, and then there's the birds of a feather flock together adage. And it turns out, Glenn, for long-term success of a marriage or relationship, it's overwhelmingly the case that birds of a feather flock together, meaning you have to choose a partner with whom you share, you know, life goals, values, belief systems. So, for example, if you, Glenn, uh, you're a religious person and, you know, you, you center God and, you know, at the, at the center of your life, then probably marrying someone who's a non-believer is going to put a lot of fissures 
in your marriage. So look for someone with whom you share these fundamental beliefs, and that increases your chances of being successful in your marriage greatly. What is really interesting to me is I married a woman and intentionally, and she intentionally married me for, well, I mean, there was a gun involved, but um, she, (laughs) she married me for the same reasons. We had, and this was her insistence, and I understood it, you know, after she explained it to me, uh, that if we don't have the basic fundamentals in lockstep, we'll never make it. But we are both birds of a feather in, in the basic core. We never have arguments on any of the core values. Uh, unless, you know, I come home and I'm like, what? Well, no, I'm telling that fits, <laughs> you know, then she's like, no, it does. Anyway, we don't have real wrestles on that. And we are also opposites attract. And I think it would have been the death of us if she would have been like, I'm very creative and, and vision, uh, vision driven and visionary. She doesn't have the vision. When I explain something, she'll go, I can't see it until I draw it out for her. She is very pragmatic. She is the opposite of me on those things. And I, I think that both of those things can be true at the same time. You're, you're absolutely right that there are some contexts where the complementarity of the two people makes a better union. But as you said at the start of your uh, response, when, it com- when I'm talking about birds of a feather, I'm specifically talking about those fundamental non-negotiables. If you have differences of opinion on those, then it just increases the likelihood of you failing in your marriage because those are the fundamental mindsets that shape your life. So I agree with you. Opposites attract can apply, but not for sort of the deontological non-negotiable elements. Yes. Um, Dr. Gad Sad, the name of the book is The Sad Truth About Happiness. Hang on 60 seconds, Gad, and we'll come back for uh, one final... uh One final segment. Let me tell you about Relief Factor Sleep. It is not often, but every once in a while, the most irritating uh, things in life turn out to be the easiest things to fix. Sometimes you might have a hard time getting to sleep. Don't take a drug or a pharmaceutical. Don't. And don't just lie there in bed staring up at the ceiling for hours. It sucks. I know because I've done it. I can't stop my head sometimes. Thankfully, Relief Factor Sleep has got me covered and got you covered. It's just like Relief Factor that you might take for pain. Relief Factor Sleep is 100% drug-free. It's a blend of natural ingredients, and it's designed to promote healthy sleep by reducing anxiety and distress and improving mood and promoting relaxation. You don't feel it in your system. You just drift off to sleep. It is nice. You feel refreshed in the morning because there ain't any drug in your system. The first bottle you try is $19.95, 20 bucks to get the re- uh, feeling of complete relaxation and contentment as you drift away into dreamland. Unleash the power of great sleep by calling 800, the number four relief. That's 800, the number four relief or go to relieffactor.com. Dream big and sleep tight. Relieffactor.com. 10 seconds station ID. talking to dr gad sad uh his book is the sad truth about happiness he is an evolutionary behavioral scientist who has put his work to uh and his knowledge toward good instead of evil 
Um, and uh, Gad, I want to talk to you a little bit about Canada because it is changing so rapidly. And I fear for Canada as much as I do for the United States. Um, I've always found Canadians to be just much more less flighty you know we're we're much more like let's get it and canada is like okay all right slow down a bit but what's happening now especially in the field of death is terrifying because i think people are being trained now to look at suicide as a reasonable option for anything any kind of discomfort and that never leads to a good place are you there on that or not? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with the, some of the latest laws that have been passed, uh, but I agree mm. with you that uh, uh, we we might have a slightly more uh, tolerant view of euthanasia than uh, I would like it to be. Uh, but I can tell you that Canada in general and Quebec in particular are just off the charts when it comes to the woke meter. I uh, recently, it it causes me great pain to talk about this, but I recently got into huge trouble in Quebec because I made a innocent, you know, fun-loving joke about the Quebec accent on the Joe Rogan show. And that ended up being covered, you know, for probably a week by every single media outlet in Quebec. I mean, I could I could criticize Islam and receive less hate than having criticized the Quebec accent in a fun way. So uh, we've got a lot of work to do up there to try to preserve some of these foundational values that we, we, yeah. we hold so dearly. What is happening with Jordan Peterson? In terms of uh, the Ontario uh, psychology? Yeah, where he has yeah. to, yeah, where he has to go to a re-education camp or lose his license? Yeah. That's wow. right. It's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, what, what protects Jordan, of course, is that he, he is, in a sense, too big to be intimidated. And so he, I, I don't know what the final result is of that thing, but it, again, it speaks to such a dreadful reality where, as you said, you need to be sent to Gulag 13 for re-education for the criminally insane. It's unbelievable. Can we... We were just talking about this in the, you know, the Matrix, the first Matrix, um, you know, was they said in the first movie uh, was to give everybody, make everybody happy and everybody had a perfect life and humans rejected it. Are we capable of truly being happy in a good state? I mean, America has had some really bad things, but the West, generally speaking, has been good for mankind uh, and we have a lifestyle bigger and better and easier than anyone's ever had it. But with the removal of some of that conflict, it seems like we just go to hell in the handbasket and start finding things to bitch and whine about. Right. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, the, the difficulties that I went through in the Lebanese civil war, paradoxically, actually, actually make me a happier person because right. having experienced the horrors of what societies can typically dish out, then I can always contextualize whatever is causing me to whine about some issue in the day. I can sort of stop myself and say, wait a minute, stop whining. You escaped miraculously the Lebanese civil war. And that quickly kind of jolts me back into reality. Whereas I think the West takes for granted all of these foundational values. And therefore they go into hysteria because you make fun of someone's accent or you misgender someone at Wellesley. Put it in context, man. There are a lot more things to be worried about. 
Well, I, I don't agree with what you just said about people from Quebec, but I mean, if that's what you want to say, Gad. <laughs> uh, uh, Gad, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll fly you down. Let's do a, uh, uh, let's do a uh, podcast together because I, I miss you. And even though we don't know each other very well, I really consider you a friend. You're a, a really happy warrior. Thank you. Likewise, guy. Love you, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Dr. Gadsad, the name of the book is The Sad Truth About Happiness. Uh, And he's not a guy that uh, you would expect a, uh, you know, a self-help book from. Uh, But it comes from a very deep place. He has studied our behavior, why we behave the way we do. Uh, and he was studying it years ago for advertising purposes. And then he started seeing, wait, there's something really deep here that we should talk about. Gad Sad uh, from the uh, Gad Sad podcast. You can find it at G-A-D-S-A-A-D, sad with two A's, dot com. And the book, The Sad Truth About Happiness. The Glenn Beck Program. I can't, I can't wait to read the book. Uh, let me tell you about uh, Rough Greens. Um, Uno is sitting right at my feet. And he has aged so fast in six months. And I got up this morning and he kind of pushed out in some pain. And he got up and I just looked at him and I said, you have been such a good dog. You have been such a good friend and protector of the family. And I hope that we've done right by him. And one of the things that we found when he was probably seven or eight was rough greens. And I swear to you, he was a different dog. He was just full of life. He became a puppy again. And I think rough greens has given him a much fuller life. Would you just try it with your dog? It's, you know, vitamins, minerals, everything your dog needs. Uh, you sprinkle it on the food. The first trial bag is free. Just pay for shipping at 833-GLENN33. 833-GLEN33. And blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. Save 10 bucks off Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Uh, It's Friday. We wanted to uh, bring in Jamie Kilstein, who is just, uh, I think he's a riot. Uh, He's got a new podcast out, uh, backrowpod.com. You can find it there, or the Jamie, or the, is it the Kilstein or the Jamie Kilstein? Uh, On Instagram, it's at the Jamie Kilstein, and then the podcast is uh, the back row with Jamie Kilstein. Okay, so uh, uh, grab it. it. It's it's really good. He's a guy. If you don't know who Jamie is, uh, you know he's a, a comedian. Been seen on Joe Rogan, Conan, uh, Showtime, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and he was very very liberal, and uh, I would say a little angry and depressed. Right. <laughs> Just a bit. Just a little bit. Did that have to do with who I was hanging out with? I don't know. Maybe. A little bit. A little. Uh, you have, you've changed your life so much, Jamie, and it's, it's real. And I would have never pegged you for somebody who's like, I found Jesus. I know. Uh, I know. And I bet 
you know it's like it's me when i became a mormon i was like no that's crazy i don't want what do you, what do you i don't want to do that. Right. it was just not something i wanted to do yeah uh, but i f- but i found it to be true and i'm like okay well then i gotta go uh, is that kind of where you were? Yeah, when, at it, first? yeah. When you find it to be true, that's the big thing because, yeah. you know, I would have mercilessly mocked someone like me, you know, <laughs> 15 years ago where it's like, yeah. oh, okay, you lost your friends and then you found Jesus. Okay, buddy. Like when's the book tour coming? <laughs> uh, right. when's the merch of you and Jesus holding hands on the beach or whatever. And the thing, I mean, you know, like when you find God, it's just you feel something you've never felt and you don't feel the need to defend it. You just kind of feel permanently changed and you let it affect your life in the way it's supposed to affect your life. Also, it is hard. I wish it was easy. I wish I was just like, yeah, sure. I found Jesus and then I get a Christian podcast and I go on like the 700 Club and <laughs> all that stuff. But instead, being a Buddhist was super easy. I had to sit still and meditate for 10 minutes a day and occasionally do psychedelics. And I was like, this is right. great. <laughs> being a Christian, super hard, dude. Like, I feel right. like the merch, like the baptism merch that's like, you know, I was saved. It should just say Christianity is hard because you feel like... <laughs> Like you are constantly holding yourself accountable to be the best version of yourself that you've ever been. Like I catch myself, whether it's in traffic or an argument with a girlfriend or, you know, about to blast some stranger on Instagram. I just, it's that cliche of like, I know Jesus wouldn't do this. I shouldn't be on stupid Instagram. And then, you know, um, but the reward, <laughs> the reward is worth it. Cause even when, uh, it, even I when know. I'm depressed, I just, I feel, even when it's hard, I feel different. I still feel you, loved, and I never had that before. It is interesting that, you know, the Bible says, you know, the truth shall set you free. What the Bible should say is the truth will make you miserable first. <laughs> so miserable. It's like <laughs> it's a, so miserable. It's like a hazing that happens. Right. Yeah, it is. It is, especially in today's world. I want to play a comedy sketch uh, from your uh, back row podcast. Uh, this is you and uh, your girlfriend just sitting at a restaurant and uh, saying a quick prayer before mm-hmm. the meal. Go ahead. It's so nice to finally be on a date with a Christian. I know, right? Who's just so sick of the meaningless sex? Sex is supposed to be between a husband and a wife. Amen. So, like, um, how long has it been for you since you've done that? Three years? Three years for me, too. You're really pretty. I haven't been touched in so long. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on marriage? Immediately. Same. Praise God. Let's start texting family. <laughs> are you certain you're You're incredible, Ashley. Anna. Right. James. Jamie. Can I call you James instead? Uh, yeah, it's biblical. No, less girly. Right. Hey, if we're gonna get married, are you mean? A little. Whatever, we're doing this God's way. Love it! Let's change your Instagram bios. Godly husband to Anna. Stop, stop. This is meant to be, right? We're stop. Just- this is this is so funny that uh I mean this isn't the the clip I was looking for, but it's just as funny as the other one. This is uh uh, the two of you and I it's so funny it being in Utah where so many people, you know, actually believe oh we shouldn't have sex. <laughs> we should have sex. I'll talk to people who are just married. Oh, how long guys how long ago did you guys meet? Uh what? 
three weeks ago. Right? <laughs> yeah, three weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, th- that was one of those things where even I remember I got baptized and I'm like, okay. And I got baptized in November and I was like, I'm not going to have sex. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to hook up. And then I was like, ah, let's just see what happens. And, but I went the longest, <laughs> it, it was the longest I ever went without um, hooking up. I was saying no to people. I felt really good. But then, I mean, this is where it, it, it does get hard. And I think that, what I, here's what I'm trying to do on the podcast. What I'm trying to do on the podcast is not turn into the Christian version of who I was on the left and not suddenly be like, if you don't find Jesus, you're going to go to hell. But be like, yes. hey, I'm still messed up, dude. I'm still struggling. Um, it's still hard. I still get depressed even when I am Christian. Because the problem is sometimes you get these Christians that um, – the only solution to their problem or to, to a problem you have is like, well, go read the Bible more. And I'll tell you, as a new Christian, I go to read the Bible and I go, I don't understand half of this. And it makes right. me feel almost worse. I need to go to church. I need my pastors to explain what things mean. I'm new. And so, you know, on the podcast, I talked about me trying to take sex off the table, but then suddenly I became like a porn guy and I've never even liked porn before. And I think porn's super insidious. And, um, uh, but it, it, it's kind of like, uh, when you start listening to Taylor Swift, ironically, and then suddenly you like Taylor Swift. Like I was, <laughs> I was watching porn just to be like, okay, I don't want to hook up. So I'm just going to do this. Yeah, and this is, and this is the better option. And then suddenly I was just like, am no. I addicted to porn? And so it is this, hmm constant everyday struggle it's not you get baptized and you're perfect and i think that the the reason a lot of people stay away from god or christianity or the church is because they think they kind of have to be perfect going into it and so i am the podcast and the sketches i make i mean these were things i legitimately thought about um i'm not making fun of christianity because i'm a christian i'm making fun of me trying to do christianity and i i have been shocked by the amount of like longtime christians the amount of pastors who are writing me who are like thank you for talking about this stuff it's ridiculous i can't talk about it and so that's kind of i think they have to yeah that's what keeps people away from church i I think yeah i don't want to be or i don't go i look at church as a hospital right okay and it's triage. Yes. <laughs> and some people are nearly like, you know, and it's usually me. I'm like, I really need to be here today. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> they, they just have a little boo-boo over there. I'm hemorrhaging. Yes. <laughs> uh, and you, if you look at it as a hospital of sick people, not as a room full of doctors. Yeah. And too many people look at it like a room full of doctors. We're, mm. we're struggling. You go to church to be able to hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold the path and have just enough. All I want is Sunday go to church and can you just fill my tank up with wanting to be a better person yep. so I can make it through this week. Yeah. And then I'll see you here again. And then if you screw up, everybody forgets that's why forgiveness is the main point Jesus was oh, trying to make. Dude, I it's so funny. I had to go to lunch with one of my <laughs> pastors. And because of the old circle that I used to hang out with, this sounds like a bit and it's not, this is true. I legitimately did not know what the word grace meant. Like I knew forgiveness, I knew love, but because there was just no grace in that, you know, liberal world that I was in, I I, I legitimately was like, hey, can you tell me what grace means? And he like Mm. sent me a sermon explaining what grace is. And I was like, oh, And, and the thing is, Back to what we were talking about before, the reason I never went to church is I would see these judgmental 
very flawed, hypocritical Christians who weren't acting mm-hmm. like they were hypocritical. And I go, okay, I want nothing to do with this. But then if you're actually following Jesus, you realize that like Christians should be the least judgmental people because yes. we know that yes. we need Jesus because we're all screw ups. And yes. so the quicker most of us can admit that like, like my pastors do, I'm so lucky I, I walked into the church I walked into because they talk about it every sermon. They're like, hey, don't listen to me. I'm screwed up. I'm, 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 I'm a human. That's why I need Jesus. Let me lead you to Jesus. I think it was you, maybe off air, who told me to, when I pray, pray like a conversation. And that helped me so much because, mm. you know, the first sketch I made was about not knowing how to pray. And it was just me having a mental breakdown trying to pray correctly. And I think a lot of people don't even pray because they think that. And with you, when you told me to treat it like a relationship, and that's what my pastors say as well. Oh man, I mean, that's that's life-changing, but that's not on a ton of YouTube clips, you know? Like a lot of YouTube clips just make you feel worse. I tell you, I uh, my son just uh, went to college and uh, I miss him so much. And I was checking my text messages because now he's, you know, just working, 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 working all the time. And uh, and I want to hear from him. Yeah. And And I wrote to him and I said, dude, Text your dad. And then I thought to myself, oh my gosh, have I even checked in with God? Have I checked in today with God? You know, yeah. who's, who is my dad, my spiritual dad? You know, I, I think that's part of the things that we miss. To be able to get a true great relationship is just like, hey, dad, Thank you. Yep. Thank you for that. I'm just driving down the car right now, and I'm just looking at how beautiful things are. I just wanted to check in, say I'm doing great. Yep. Thank you. That you nailed something. I, I, I literally thought about this while jogging this morning at the hotel, where I didn't believe the whole God is your father analogy until I started thinking about this morning, how badly I want his approval and how much I'm disappointing him. And I'm like, ah, that's the dad I know. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I like stopped to write that down because I was like, okay, I get it. Um, but I... I, what you said about gratitude, because I've caught myself so many times. I'm an overthinker. Um, I've been through it. I've been homeless. The amount of times I've probably emailed you and been like, if you need any writers, I am sleeping in my car. Uh, It's been such a struggle. And I've been used to just fighting for myself, fighting for myself. And it's so ironic because when things are good, I'll be praying to God and, you know, all this gratitude. And then when things get rough again, I automatically go back to that habit of, I'll I'll just take care of this. Or literally being like, I don't want to bother God. Like I have imposter syndrome. Like I don't deserve to to talk to him. And when I don't know what to do, because I've been going through a lot. I mean, honestly, this week I've been going through a lot. And I, I, I wrote myself to pray more. Because a lot of times that's when we stop praying because we don't want to seem desperate or whatever. And what you said is so important. If you don't know what to pray or if you don't know what to ask for um, or you feel shame about it, show gratitude. Because when I don't know what to do, when I don't know what's going on in my life, I will look at the sky. I will put my phone away and I just go, man, thanks for this. Like things suck right now and I don't know what I'm doing, but like. You look at the trees and the bird, it sounds so cliche, and the bird in the sky, and you just go, this is nuts, dude. Like, this is still pretty cool. Thank you for this. And that gratitude, I mean- Changes everything. It changes everything. Changes everything. And, you know, I don't know if you look, you know, God is our, God is like the ultimate dad, Mm. not like our real dad. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's hard for people when they say, you know, treat him like your dad. I was like, oh, that's not, that wasn't a good relationship. No, no. And- 
And this is like the ultimate dad. And I'll tell you, as you growing become a dad yourself, yeah. you will understand him even more. You'll mm-hmm. understand him how he, when, you know, when the Lord says, you know, love everyone, love your neighbor. It's the dad thing in you. I yeah. don't ever, if my, all these are my children, I don't pick the children uh, that I like and I don't like. I love them all and I want them all near me. And I, I'm certainly not like, you, you know what, kid? You went to the wrong school. I yeah. told you to go to Yale. Go to hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> right. It doesn't happen. Anyway, Jamie, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, a, a good work on your podcast and, and your growth. I just think you're a fascinating guy to watch. Thanks, man. You've been a really big part of it. Like, um, it, it helps a lot. And seeing how sincere you've been to me off the air has really pushed me to kind of, like, believe christians i was like okay it's not an act (laughs) this is very nice jamie thank you so much thanks god bless you You the uh you find his podcast it's the back row podcast you can find it on instagram you can find it wherever you get your podcast and backrowpod.com jamie kilstein back in just a minute best let me tell you about our final sponsor of the week it's mantis x you know, as we love each other, we also need to be have be able to have a handgun so we can shoot each other. Um, you know, in case one of us gets out of hand, one of us gets out of hand, and you need to be able to fire your gun and do it effectively. The last thing you want to do is pull a gun when you're in danger. If you don't know how to shoot, it'll most likely be taken away from you and and used against you. You have to be able to shoot your gun, or it becomes way too dangerous for you. Now, guns are expensive. Ammo is even more expensive. The good news is Joe Biden's thinking about a 1,500 tax on guns, 1,500% tax on guns, but don't worry about that. Mantis X will help you keep your skills honed. Um, it is something, it's, it's used by the military. The Marines started with it right away, and 94% of the people who try Mantis X improve greatly in the next, in the first 20 minutes. And I can testify, I'm a good shot, but that's a perishable skill. I haven't been to a range in almost two years. My, my shooting is better than it was two years ago when I was actually firing uh, bullets. And it's because of Mantis X. High-tech, easy to use. It is something that will help you. It's like having an instructor standing next to you and showing you exactly what's happening to the gun as you're holding it and firing it in real time and then showing you how to correct it start improving today get yours now at mantisx.com that's mantisx.com join the conversation 888-727-BECK the glenn beck program Make sure to subscribe to Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You'll save uh, 10 bucks. You got a Glenn special for subscribers only today about the media and some positive developments that have actually happened recently where maybe things are turning around a little bit. Are we seeing some eyes being opened? Uh, some interesting stuff we're seeing uh, today that's on the Glenn special on Blaze TV. Also, a brand new Stu Does America tonight where you've got, we're talking about the end of obesity. Could it be over? I mean, not my personal obesity. That's going to continue for a very long time. But 
I'm talking about like societal ways. Uh, this actually could be coming to an end uh, and incredible improvements we've seen in this field. Some optimism maybe for a Friday. How about them apples? Yes, it can happen even on the Glenn Beck program and the Blaze. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. The Glenn Beck program.